What's up, everyone? This is Q Grows, and I want to thank you for tuning in to this podcast. We've got a great one for you tonight. This is with uh, David Bienenstock. This was recorded on November 29th, 2022. And before we jump into the podcast, I wanted to ask you to please consider supporting Cannabis and this podcast by going to our community, downloading the Cannabis app on your phone, or going to our website at cannabuzz.app and become a supporting member or, subs or subscribing to our community. You can uh, you see here that you can become a Cannabuzz member. I'm showing on the screen here our different subscription options. We have associate producer for $14.99 and that will give you um, an entry into our monthly giveaways. We've got friends of the show that have hooked us up with some gifts that we can give away or we'll have different uh, Cannabuzz swag giveaways, things like that. Or you can just come in at $4.20 a month to support us and get access to our community and our own app. It's a fully featured cannabis social network that we've got there. It's members only, and you can come in and support, and we'd really appreciate it. So we have these different membership options. Please consider supporting. We'd really appreciate it. And without further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cannabis Live. We're live right now on YouTube, youtube.com slash Cannabis. Today, we're going to be talking to David uh, Bienenstock from the Great Moments in Weed History podcast. We're super excited to talk to David. David's been around for a long time. He's been a journalist at High Times. He's written a lot of great articles all over the internet. One of the places that I've seen him especially is on Leafly. He's written a lot of great pieces over there. Um, and of course, he's got the awesome podcast with Great Moments in Weed History. So um, tonight, I'm joined by JR Token, my co founder here at Cannabuzz. Um, JR also put in a lot of work behind the scenes, wanted to, to get David to join um, on, the, on the stream tonight. And he also put it together a lot of great questions. So, super shout out to and thanks to JR for helping make this happen tonight. Thanks, everybody. Uh, but, um, so, David, just to start us off, um, we'd love to have you kind of quickly introduce yourself and um love to we always love to hear about your kind of like weed origin story like why are you passionate about weed why do you have a bunch of weed behind you on your <laughs> on your zoom background um we'd love to you know touch on that as well absolutely well first off thanks for having me uh warm welcome to you to you both and everybody uh watching and listening and yeah i'm a journalist primarily an author and a podcaster. I've been covering cannabis for about 20 years. Uh, so that's, you know, seems like a long time in modern weed years. But when we think of the 10,000 year history of humans and cannabis, you know, maybe I don't seem so old. Uh, <laughs> um, as you mentioned, my first, uh, well, my first uh, job where I had to pay taxes in cannabis was working at High Times about 20 years ago. I certainly may or may not have uh, slung a bag or two of uh, cannabis before that as a youth. Um, and it's been an incredible uh, time in history in weed to be documenting this story. Um, going from, you know, we're obviously still in the prohibition era in a lot of places and can never forget that. 
Um, also, through that medical cannabis era and the gray market era, and now into legalization. So I feel really honored to be able to chronicle this story as it happens uh, as a journalist. And then I, uh, as you mentioned, I co-host a podcast called Great Moments in Weed History with my partner on that show, Abdullah Saeed. And for the past five years, uh, or coming up on five years, we've been telling stories about the history of this plant and uh, us, the culture uh, that loves this plant. And, and I feel very, very passionately about uh, sharing that history because otherwise it's going to be erased and it's going to be rewritten and it's going to be retold uh, through the lens of market capitalism and and not be uh, what we know to be the true history of this plant, which is one of resistance against this oppressive prohibition, but also all the benefits that we as a culture gain from this plant and and really need to share now with the rest of the world as, as we erode uh, and continue to push back against prohibition. So um, it's been, you know, I, I, from from starting at High Times uh, about 20 years ago. Um, I've also did a series at Vice called Bong Appetit, which was about weed and food. And I, I wrote uh, a lot there. That's where I met Abdullah, my co-host on the podcast. Um, and now, as you say, I write a lot for Leafly. And I, I would just say, you know, at the outset, I love this plant. I'd smoke this plant every day uh, and would have it be a part of my life no matter what I did for a living. But the true uh, pleasure of this journey for me is all the people that I encounter around this plant and having that sort of magic key to uh, encounter growers and smugglers and people who, you know, went to jail for supplying this plant to medical patients, people who are breeders and growers. Uh, you know, there's so many fascinating uh, aspects to this story. It's, it touches on so many things from criminal justice and economics to creativity, um, and medicine. So um, I'm, I'm always learning something new. I'm always encountering uh, interesting people and, and uh, you know, happy to have that streak continue tonight with y'all. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we are kind of in a journey of our own as far as cannabis goes, and we really um, are looking forward to what's to come in the future we're making big transitions um a lot of things have, are changing you know really rapidly and so uh it's really it's been uh it's been a long time journey of watching this whole like you said this last 20 years especially the entire scene industry become kind of what it is today and we're gonna uh, kind of talk about that a little bit afterwards but um we wanted to start you off uh, with some questions um, about the podcast, especially uh, what are uh, you've done this for a while now. So what are kind of your top three moments 
in weed history that you've done up to this point? Yeah, well, I we we have uh, we're coming up on our hundredth episode, um, so uh, that's a lot of stories, and I, I think it's really subjective. I think different people will, you know, find that's what's great about history. You know, it, it's it's all of these stories, and you're going to find ones that connect with your own life and your own experience. So I could only say what I think are maybe the the episodes that resonate deepest with me. Um, one I would say is about an organization in California called WAM uh, that you know, grew a collective garden to supply cannabis to uh, terminally and chronically ill people who couldn't otherwise afford it. And their activism, like like other people's, it, it, it started with, with the AIDS epidemic uh, and, and really seeing that this could be a life-saving and life-changing uh, medicine for people. They were eventually raided by the DEA um, for simply giving cannabis away to the desperately ill people. Um, but, and, and, and when I say raided, this was, you know, 30 armed DEA agents uh, with guns drawn um, on, on a group of people doing the most compassionate uh, work possible with this plant. Uh, long story short, you can listen to the episode for the longer yeah. version, but um, they, Two weeks later, with the mayor of the town that they they were in, because they were so well known for this good work, they gave cannabis out on the steps of of city hall. Thousands of people came out to support them, and ultimately the DEA backed down. You know, and then they sued the federal government and won an injunction. So. Um, just an, an unbelievably impactful story for the whole culture, but also one really about just uh, communities coming together to share this plant. And, you know, uh, when you understand how profound the healing that people get from cannabis is, then you can also understand how somebody could be brave enough uh, to take these kinds of risks with their personal freedom uh, to share it with others. So I, I've, I was fortunate enough to uh, live in that town for a while, uh, long after these events occurred, but to uh, be a WAM volunteer. And so it's a very personal story to me and also just one that I think everyone needs to know. Um, and, and when we talk about like, how did cannabis become legal? And we hear, oh, because of the tax money and because big business is gonna make a bunch of money. Well, that was always true, but it was only when people risked uh, and often too often lost their freedoms uh, to, to, to engage in civil disobedience against these terrible laws. That's what changed them. Um, and stories like the Wham story um, really drive that home while also, I hope, inspiring people now um, in their own lives. Uh, another one of my favorites is, uh, I won't be as uh, long-winded on all of them, that we, we, we have an episode about the history of cannabis and jazz, which I've always uh, found super fascinating. Um, and also just, 
you know, too many people have the misconception that cannabis culture, you know, started in the 60s with a bunch of hippies. But um, when we talk about the jazz musicians of the 20s and 30s recording songs about weed, uh, you know, it shifts people's perspectives. And then when we have episodes about, um, you know, Majoon being an edible that's a thousand years old in Morocco, um, passed down in family recipes and everything, you know, that really can um, shift people's perspectives. So, you know, I think understanding this as a really, really old culture um, and one that existed long before prohibition too, that's another point, you know, prohibition is the anomaly in, in, in the history of humans in this plant. And it says a lot about the times that we live in and the mindset of the people who are in authority. So, you know, I, 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 definitely a strain that runs through the podcast is, yeah, we need to be extremely uh, skeptical of the authorities if the people in charge think this incredibly beneficial plant uh, is somehow to be used as a justification for uh, arresting people and and targeting uh, people and and of course doing so disproportionately to people of color and people with less money and younger people. Um, so you know, history is to me really fascinating. Uh, we wouldn't do the show if 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 we didn't find it very fascinating. But it's also really reflective of our own times and can sometimes help us. Uh, understand our own times uh, by looking in the past. And it's it's also, it's a humor show. So, um, you know, we, we do uh, definitely, you know, uh, our first episode was Willie Nelson smoked a joint on the roof of the White House. So if, if you can't have fun telling that story, uh, get, in, get into a different business, I think. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wanted to like hit on that in terms of, I, I really enjoy the format of your show um, that you guys do. Um, one of the things that you encourage uh, people to do is uh, line up a joint, engage the uh, indab the indabulator. I think is one of the things <laughs> that you say. You just uh, you have a couple of things that you say, and then you do the the great moments in weed history thing. And um, I love the, the you know for people that haven't um, listened or um, or list watched the show before. Um, the, the dynamic between you and your co-host is one where you've done all the research and you're kind of telling this story and your co-host, um, at, at least at the beginning, has to kind of guess who you're talking about or the, or, or who the or what the moment is. And so I, I always kind of enjoy that part of the format as we kind of all go along with you on this story. That's really interesting. And I really love uh, like the things that you talked about uh, or the points that you made earlier um, are some of the things that I really love about the show, which is getting a bigger perspective of how cannabis fits in and the greater scheme of history and the, and, and how people have been using cannabis for a really long time. It's not just been, you know, since the seventies, like you said, since like it, the hippies didn't invent weed or whatever, um, weed's been around for a long time. Um, one of the things that I wanted to, uh, we, JR and I both wanted to talk about, and I felt like you just talked about it for a bit. So maybe that's, let's jump on it, which is, um, 
How do you think we should change the laws and legislation and rules that are around cannabis? Because as you've talked about a couple of times tonight already, um, the things, the way that the industry is working now and the rules that are in place, they don't really reflect how the cannabis industry and the cannabis community should be doing things, right? It's really empowering people that we don't necessarily, we don't really want to empower or it's empowering the wrong people and the people that should be getting involved, they're often not able to. Um, do you, maybe we would love to hear your thoughts on kind of what you think the next steps should be and, and what people could do where they are to, to make a change happen. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think when we talk about legalization, the most important thing to always remember and focus on is it is primarily about ending these arrests. And that is the thing that has been devastating people's lives and, and whole communities. And that's the thing that has to stop. And it is absolutely a bummer to me to see capitalism capitalize. Um, and I can't sugarcoat things and say, you know, that we're going to live in a system call, uh, of capitalism and not have capital uh have its say. So uh, don't ever lose sight of the tremendous good that happens by ending these arrests. And what people don't always kind of realize also is like, if you live in a legal state, maybe yesterday was the day you were gonna get busted uh, and, and not just get arrested for weed, but maybe lose your job because of a, of a piss test or, you know, all of these negative outcomes. So um, that's the first thing. I, but to get to the, the larger point, um, it's going to be a fight at every step for every inch of market share between cannabis people and money people. And ultimately, we're just going to push that line as far as we can and that's all we can do except this i think for activist people for grassroots people for weed people the best place to focus our energy in terms of how these legalization systems are going to work is to insist on home grow real actual home grow if you can grow this plant yourself you can take care of yourself and to be clear a lot of other people if you can grow six outdoor plants like they were tomato plants and you live in a, almost anywhere you know you can grow enough cannabis good quality cannabis to take care of 20 or people or more and if each one of us is able to do that well, then it doesn't, you know, they're only going to be able to sell it for so much at the store if we have a lot of people growing it and giving it away. And that's our best way to, uh, and so if it's not legal where you live now, that's the issue to push. Okay, we don't really have to convince people anymore to legalize weed. Although obviously in a couple of states that just voted on it, it didn't pass. So it's like, 
you know, there's all that work to be done, but that's the thing we should be insisting on in every one of these laws. And that's the thing that they can't really take away from you once you have it. And that's the thing that can be a real uh, counterbalance to super high prices at the dispensary, to locking people out of the industry. You know, ultimately what we all want is to just grow and share this plant. So let's make sure that that's written into the law. I think it's really amazing that you just kind of summed up the whole thing that me and Sam are fighting for our entire mission statement. Um, along with home grows, we would like to see more micro licensing. Um, we think the beer industry in the beginning of uh, micro brews did a great job of taking their beer back. Um, they started getting people interested in home brewing. They started going to get active in their community and start pushing. And that's kind of one of the questions we have is, how can we start emulating that kind of uh, path to kind of bring that back to cannabis? Yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, it's much easier to get what you want when the law is being written than to have changes made, particularly changes that are going to be seen as hostile by the industry, you know, so I would say, you know, if you are in a state that has not legalized yet, get active now. You can't, you can't get active. Hey, if I was saying this two years later, you know, now is still the best time to get active. But if you can start pushing that message before legalization happens, uh, and, and you know, you can have the most effect at the local level where you live. And if you show up consistently, you know, you're going to be listened to more, you know, people are going to come in with money and try to buy access and, and, you know, do politics the way politics is done. But many, many issues in this country, uh, really do have the ear of grassroots communities if you can be uh, present and consistent. And then I would say, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. So if, if, you know, I'm, I do what I do, you know, maybe well, maybe not. Uh, but if you think that uh, being the equivalent of a small brewery of cannabis uh, is the future that you want to see in the world and you have a love for the plant and you want to do it the right way, um, pursue that. Make it happen. It, it, it's, it's a daunting uh, path, but so is anything worthwhile. And I would just encourage people, um, you know, the earlier you start. Now, if it's not legal where you are, I, it, I have no moral, obvious problem with people <laughs> uh, uh, breaking these very unjust laws. But, you know, there's two different things. You know, if you're going to live outside the law, that's its own uh, way of life. And you need to respect it and manage your risks. And uh, what I'm saying is if you think, well, I'd like to be like a small brewery when it's legal start taking steps now 
uh, have your plan of how you're going to do that when it's possible. Talk to local lawmakers and say, listen, we want to build a local industry of mom and pop businesses, and here's how we're going to do it. And we're going to be here every step of the way fighting for that market share that we want, and you'll find allies. And there's already people doing this kind of work wherever you live. So you don't have to start uh, from scratch. You can find the local community of people. And, you know, not everybody that wears a suit uh, is an evil capitalist bastard and, and not everybody with, uh, uh, a tie dye shirt on is chill. Like, <laughs> don't make that mistake, Yeah, but you'll be able to find the people who have the right vision and the right heart and you can join forces with them. Um, and, 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 and lend your energies to that now and start to start to build and uh push that community and 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 efforts that you make now will pay off 10 and 100 fold down the road because you've started early on that path right um speaking of um kind of new things that you've been or things that you've been up to lately and um kind of the the podcast um i've noticed that you guys have been doing live tours and doing like live shows and you've been taking the podcast on the road could you talk about that i'd love to hear a like what's that like i know you guys have done shows in the past i mean we've we jr and i both uh, i both have seen you at like emerald cup in the past um but it seems like you kind of been doing this more often out with people at comedy clubs and stuff like that i would love to hear more about it it's super fun. I, I, you know, I never, I never had a performance background, uh, you know, um, but this has kind of opened up that opportunity. Uh, you know, we've, we've done it at some comedy clubs. We did it at the Emerald Cup and uh, there's a festival actually in Humboldt County, a comedy festival every year. Hey, I would say anyone from anywhere, if you love weed and comedy, and you want to just take the stoner trip of a lifetime up at a place called Savage Henry Comedy Club, right in the heart of harvest time in Humboldt, there's this comedy festival and they bring about a hundred, you know, you're not going to see uh, the world's most famous comedians, but you're going to see working road comics, people who really, you know, have their craft and it's right in Humboldt in the heart of, you know, right in the middle of harvest season. And now things are like more opened up. So you can arrange a tour to go look at some gardens and, you know, go to different uh, grows and dispensaries and, and experience the culture in a way that really being honest, you know, 10 years ago, uh, people go up to Humboldt to grow a bunch of weed and be left the fuck alone. And I wouldn't be... <laughs> I wouldn't be telling people, but, but <laughs> they know they have, you know, they're opening up, you know, not everybody, but right. the community is opening up and they want you to come. If you love weed and you're chill, you know, nobody <laughs> wants a bunch of assholes, uh, to come be tourists where, where they live. But, um, but so anyway, that was, um, 
we've done the show a few times as part of that comedy festival and i would say that's the best time uh we've had doing it because of all the factors that i just mentioned and um i i try to be a big supporter of the community up in humboldt because they they went they've brought so much amazing cannabis into the world and spread it around uh so prodigiously and and also they've been through so much you know we did an episode of great moments in weed history about how when the helicopter raids started up in Humboldt, um, you know, these were federal state task force operations. These were all, often people, uh, you know, who, who had recently been f flying helicopters in Vietnam uh, would come home and they put them to work terrorizing the growers of Humboldt County, California. And uh, what this episode is about is how they formed their own community radio station so that they could kind of monitor the police and warn people over this radio station, hey, we've got a convoy of, of police vehicles going up uh, Salmon Creek Road, be on the lookout. We we've, we've see helicopters flying west over this ridge. And uh, this is all before the internet and, and because people were able to have their radios tuned to this station, you know, if you got a 25 minute head start on the convoys coming and you can grab your to go bag and get the fuck out of there, you know, that's the difference between uh, living a fight another day and, and, and maybe spending a decade in prison uh, based on the laws back then. And this radio station called KMUD is still on the air, still 100% volunteer run and community supported and um you know, I, I, we now do uh, interviews on the show as well. And just being able to interview uh, uh, this woman named Agnes, who was a part, uh, she was a, herself a grower in that era and also one of the founders of this organization that monitored the police and one of the founders of KMUD, the radio station. Um, so, you know, there's an example of like, this incredible history story and and it's recent enough that we're able to talk to somebody who 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 lived it um uh, so anyway i i have a lot of <laughs> i veered off from your question but i have a lot of love for humboldt county and going up and doing the shows there and it's just very gratifying to you know get to meet people who 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 like what we do and, and share a story with them and get that immediate uh reaction in the room so yeah we we love to do the live shows yeah and are you guys I'm, gonna be oh sorry go ahead i'm up in uh the portland oregon area and i was not feeling well when you guys came to town i wasn't able to make it i uh, really wished i could have seen you guys um and sam is down in the vallejo area and uh he recently did uh four cannabis put together a little or sponsored a little uh cannabis comedy hour night oh yeah and uh it, it was good it's part of our history um you probably don't know a lot about cannabis we were a social media app uh it was me and q who basically started it we started with no investment money and we kind of tried to build it from the ground up and uh, recently that got you know changed and um yeah i just think that um we're really excited to see where this like i said this whole journey is going to be taking us now that things are moving so so rapidly um 
And um, we also wanted to maybe talk to you a little bit about uh, Smoking Pot Properly, uh, one of the books that you've done um, and that a lot of people can get a lot of really good enjoyment. Uh, we picked a few out. Um, we want to be really respectful of your time, but can you talk a little bit about Smoking Pot Properly, the book, and uh, what it kind of brings to the table, the coffee table? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, it's good to roll a joint on for starters, but uh, almost any, almost every book meets that standard. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a book I wrote, I wrote a few years ago. Um, it's sort of, uh, you know, how to smoke pot properly is definitely a tongue in cheek title. I think, uh, as long as you, uh, inhale and don't cough too much, you probably got it, but it's really about, um, things I learned through reporting on this plant and different people really that I encountered and how they integrate this plant into their lives and into their journeys. And, and you know, I mentioned earlier all the different uh, aspects of life that cannabis intersects with. Uh, so, you know, it did seem to me like trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody who might be newer to this culture. You know, every single day, somebody and really multiple people are not just smoking weed for the first time, but are having that kind of profound experience. It could certainly be a medicinal experience. You know, if you have never smoked weed in your life and, and you go through some chemotherapy, and somebody gives you a joint and you understand how much different that experience can be, you know, you know, uh, that's going to change your life and your perspective to this plant forever. You know, if you maybe have that experience where you smoke a weed, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I had a, a terrible experience with cannabis now i i you know i i don't discount what people's experiences are but well oh well what happened man i i, I the, the the time i smoked weed i just thought about what an asshole i was and how many people i'd hurt yeah man that's you need that i needed that when that happened to me you know what i mean like um if you if you can open your ears to that and get past the unpleasantness of it and really use it as a tool to think about yourself and to reflect on yourself, um, you know, you're going to get so much more out of it. Um, and then, of course, just like so many things that can can really seem overwhelming, you know, what different strains are, you know, how to, you know, make edibles, these things that, um, you know, traditionally you're stoner uncle or your older brother's friend or you know your cool older sister would would teach you and initiate you into um just trying to make a guidebook for people that's also very welcoming and and that also um you know represents some of the deeper values of this culture which uh is about you know inclusion and mutual support and you know because we've been marginalized uh, by these laws, well, that has all these terrible effects that we talked about, you know, being arrested, 
you know, people who having their children taken away, you know, losing your job, some of the most profoundly terrible things that can happen to you. But it's also made us as a community, I think, embrace these values of inclusion, of tolerance, of mutual support, of um, kindness. You know, you know, I, I say in the book, uh, smoking weed's not the cure for being an asshole, but it's a good place to start. Um, <laughs> so if I can uh, help people on that journey with the plant, um, you know, I'm happy. I, 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 I'm happy to do it, and and um, I know I've heard from people who enjoy the book, so that's you know, it's nice to uh, contribute something to the conversation. Do you think that kind of changing of the heart and opening of the uh, compassion and empathy is kind of a common theme that theme that goes along with entheogenic plants and fungi? I I do. You know, I think that these these plant medicines or however you want to refer to them, the, you know, they're important. And like we live in the timeline where they've been suppressed and oppressed and kept away from people. And I think we see the results of that. Um, I, I, the one thing I think we all have in common is nobody thinks that things are being well run by those in authority, you know? <laughs> uh, I might have a very different view of what's going wrong, but right. I don't think anybody thinks it's going right. And, <laughs> um, you know, one of the another line that I have in the book is uh, cannabis isn't anti-authoritarian because it's illegal. It's illegal because it's anti-authoritarian. I do think there's something inherent in the experience of being high on weed that makes you question authority. And of course, the authorities are not going to like that. And particularly um, people who are abusing authority don't want to be questioned. Um, you know, perhaps if we had uh, wise and compassionate leadership, uh, we would smoke weed, question authority and say, yeah, awesome. You know, like, I'm so glad that the authorities are doing such a good job. Um, and I'm certainly, don't mistake me for referring to like our current president or this or that. I'm just saying in general. In general. Um, and uh, but we often smoke some weed, question authority, and are confirmed in our views that something is deeply wrong. And so, um, you know, that's not to oversell it. You know, there's a lot of deeply fucked up authoritarian people who smoke weed. It's not a magic bullet. It's not uh, going to get us out of this. But it's certainly a great place to start. Um, and, you know, uh, I can only speak to my own experience and my observed experience, but there is a lot of value. Um, and there is, um, I think, a, a, a common experience. Uh, you know, often people um, have that experience of questioning themselves or questioning their, the authorities, and they just tense up and react against it. And it can confirm them in there, um, but 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 I do think in general most people 
um, really benefit from that kind of experience. So, so um, before you headed out um, tonight, I wanted to ask you real quick, um, are you going to be at the Emerald Cup this year? And are you an Emerald Cup judge again this year? Because you were last year, right? Yeah, we did a fun episode of the podcast about... Uh, uh, I got to say, I'm a huge supporter of the Emerald Cup. I think they do a fantastic job and a really, really important role in the culture in, in putting on such a high-quality event at that scale. There's a lot of great events, um, but really to be at that scale. And yes, I will be at the uh, Emerald Cup. Anybody, you know, within the sound of this... Um, Definitely, like, I have a website, uh, davidbeanandstock.com, or contact us through uh, the great moments in weed history. Just DM us on Instagram if you're going to be at the Emerald Cup and you dig the show and you want to say hi. And I'll definitely make it a priority uh, to blaze one with you. If if you both will be there, it would be great. Yeah, we will. Obviously, then we'll we'll definitely make that happen. Well, we're not performing the show, just to be clear, this year. But I'm going to be an Edibles judge uh, once again this year. Oh, that's great. Will we see you uh, on Friday night at Frenchie Cannoli's uh, movie premiere? Uh, before the uh, like, cup, you yeah. mean? Or the... yeah, yeah, it's like the Friday night before. There's a movie. Oh night yeah, night. definitely. I've been looking forward to seeing that that film for sure. So yeah, let's let's meet up there. Cool. Yeah, my flight gets in right at fifty five, so I'll be just a tiny bit late. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, David, um, before you go, um, you did mention um, real quick that you had another kind of project in the works. So I did want to give you an opportunity to give that a shout out and anything else that you want to make sure that our listeners or our viewers um, check out from you. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm working on a new podcast called Jazz Cabbage. Uh, it's going to be a limited series telling the history of cannabis and uh, jazz music. It's it's um, going to sort of have the production values of like an NPR type show. So I'm really excited about it. I, I'm hoping it will really kind of uh, reach people with just a casual interest in cannabis and kind of um pull them in so you can go and subscribe to both those podcasts now jazz cabbage it's there's a trailer up so you can get a little bit of a taste for it and the first episode's actually going to come out in just a couple of weeks um so i would just love people to to experience that and of course great moments in weed history is the other show and yeah i should shout out again um a lot of journalism at Leafly, so I, I like to to shout them out as well. And uh, yeah, it's been great getting kind of buzzed with you. And <laughs> um, we're gonna definitely do it uh, IRL at the at the Emerald Cup. That's awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for your time tonight, David. We really do appreciate it. JR, thanks so much for um, getting Jay, uh, David on the show and, and for all your work tonight. Um, do you want to do any last shout outs, JR, before we head out? I would just like to say that, you know, things have moved uh, along really fast, so we're ready for uh, smoking pot properly, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, 
Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Well, I, I smoked one before the show, so I pre-gamed it. But um, thanks, everyone who's watching. Please give us a subscribe on YouTube. Like and subscribe to the video and all the, you know, all the YouTuber stuff. Um, YouTube.com slash Cannabuzz. And uh, also, shout out to Tiki Madman. He's helping make our um, Emerald Cup possible. So make sure to check out shout Tiki out Madman. Tiki. We love you. Yeah. Check out TikiMadman.com if you need some great seeds if you want to grow some of your own weed at home well um thank you so much david thanks everyone for watching we'll see you again soon and make sure to enjoy some weed peace Growers love